Rogers postgame show is heard following each of our NHL broadcasts. Portions of this exclusive broadcast are brought to you by your Alberta Ford dealers, home of the F-Series trucks, Canada's best-selling line of pickup trucks for 56 years, Molson Canadian, our game, our beer, and Rogers 5G Network, proudly providing 27 million Canadians with access to 5G. This live play-by-play broadcast is intended for the private entertainment of our audience. Any rebroadcast without the expressed written consent of the Oilers Entertainment Group is strictly prohibited. All games, all season, exclusively on the Oilers Radio Network. The game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. And now, the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Marcheseau will drift to the opposite wing. Eichel loading up, right face off. Out one-timer, Petrangelo save made. Rebound, Marcheseau, top of the left circle. Petrangelo, now it's four on four. Here's Marcheseau, step shot, score. And he scores it four on four. Another even strength goal for the Golden Knights. And Jonathan Marcheseau has a game six hat trick for Vegas. Natural hat trick. The Edmonton Oilers season is over. Jonathan Marchessault driving the stake in tonight. He has a natural hat trick in the second period. Vegas wins 4-2. They take the series 4-2, as has often been the case, not just in the series, but in these playoffs for the Vegas Golden Knights. A big second period. They outscored the Edmonton Oilers 9-2 in the second period in this series. They outscored the Winnipeg Jets 10-3 in the second period in their first round series, 19-5 for Vegas, all told in the postseason. Thanks a lot for joining us. It is our final edition of Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line for this season. Reed Wilkins checking in from Studio 99. Rob Brown's going to join me here in a couple minutes as we will break down this game, this series, and ultimately the entire season for Edmonton as they come up short they come up short. Uh, an awful lot of promise for the Oilers, especially down the stretch. You know about the 14-0-1 finish and then a hard-fought win against the Los Angeles Kings and then this series 2-2 after four games, but Vegas just a little bit better in both games, five and six. A tough playoff for Stuart Skinner. He was pulled again tonight after two periods as he was pulled in four of the uh, Oilers' 12 playoff games. And Aiden Hill, a big story tonight for the Golden Knights. He was beaten on his first two shots of the game. Two minutes and 43 seconds into the game. It was 2-1 for Edmonton. The shots were 2-2. And then Hill did not get beaten the rest of the way. 39 consecutive saves. By the way, it was 5-2 tonight for the Golden Knights. I forgot the empty netter. Can't forget those. Uh, 5-2 for the Golden Knights over the Oilers. And they win the series four games to two. Okay, well... For Edmonton, we got a lot of storylines tonight. I, I think if you look at this series as it as it wore on, the Vegas Golden Knights, I mean, don't est- underestimate how good they are. I know a lot of people, including me, picked the Oilers in this series. But you saw Vegas was able to do a very good job around the Oilers net, getting chances, having people in the scoring area, getting some goals off 
you know, pucks that bounce, were tipped to somebody. They smacked a couple of those in tonight. And then even though Edmonton got a lot of shots in some games, Vegas doing a very good job blocking shots, clearing pucks, denying second chances. And, and then Hill tonight made a bunch of saves as Rob Brown uh, slides in. I mean, close series, but and I was just talking about that, that scoring area at both ends of the rink. You know, over the long haul here, Vegas just a little bit better. Uh, they were. Um, they were very good in the offensive zone, getting into the blue paint, finding pucks, uh, getting in the, the eyes of Skinner, bothering them, and then in the defensive zone, getting into shooting lanes, getting into passing lanes, not giving the Oilers second or third looks. Uh, Hill would make a big save, and then the puck would be cleared. So uh, Vegas is good, and... And as I said with Bob upstairs right after the game, I think uh, we as fans probably got a little disillusioned when the Oilers uh, put a beat down on Vegas in the last regular season game there. And we're thinking, okay, this Vegas team isn't all they're cracked up to be. But I think we saw in this series that there's a reason they won the Western Conference uh, regular season. There, there, there's a reason they're capable of winning with four or five different goaltenders over the course of the year because they're good. They're, they're, they're solid from top to bottom. This game today, the Oilers bench was very, very short and had to be because they were down. With three minutes to go in the game, Vegas had their fourth line on the ice. They did not match lines at all in the, in the last couple of games. They rolled their, their, they had a shift where they had their fourth line and their third pairing defenseman in the defensive zone faceoff going up against Connor and Leon, and they didn't have them change. So that's how uh, deep a team is, uh, this team is Vegas, with they had no fear throwing any other players out on the ice against the Oilers' top players. And at the end of the day, Aiden Hill gave them the, the, uh, the goaltending effort they need. He stole that third period for, for the Vegas Golden Knights and allowed them to move on to the next series. Yeah, well, that's the that, that's a big storyline, right? Is that you now that we're going to probably have calls tonight about about Skinner. I mean, mm -hmm. did uh, get pulled four times in 12 games, and at some point could have Woodcroft come back with Campbell. I, I think, for me, after the game four win against LA, I mean, I said I might have started Campbell in game five against LA. Skinner came back and won game five and game yep. six survive the the tough break with the broken stick in game six against the kings after that i thought we're probably not going to see campbell start a game it, it, though unless maybe somehow the Oilers would have rallied to win this one who knows but, yeah. but even then so th you know that's going to be debated w was the time to put skinner in or it would have been campbell in you know tonight a couple games ago it, when would that been it would have been game four if you're going to play campbell would have been game four i don't think throwing him in i know he's a veteran player and uh, he has had uh, success in, in the National Hockey League in the playoffs. He was good for Toronto last year in the playoffs. But I don't know if you throw him in cold in a, an elimination game. If you're going to put him in, it would have been in game four. And he could have seen how he played. And if he plays good, he gets game five. If he didn't, you go back with Skinner. They made their decision. They're going with the horse that brought him here. Uh, Skinner, over the course of the 82 games, was the better of the goalies. And it wasn't close. Uh, but in this playoff run uh, Stuart Skinner was not as good as he was in, in the regular season and that is partly uh, you know partly on the team in front of him partly on uh, on him and uh, it, it is a learning experience he'll be better for it but it hurts right now and it stings right now and I'm sure uh, Stuart Skinner uh, will be chomping at the bit to get back here in the fall 
to go out and try and improve on the performance he had in the playoffs. All right, so it is 5-2 uh, for Vegas. You, you would have laughed at me, Rob, because I, I do this probably once or twice a year if I said it was 4-2. I, I, sometimes I don't count empty netters. The series is 4-2. Whoa, the game whoa, whoa. Was, us game players, was we count yeah. our extra uh, I don't, empty no, netters. I know. I, I, I felt bad, but uh, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Bottom line is you know Vegas won the game. You know what's funny uh, about the empty netter? I, I, I don't know what it is. I, I felt uh, even when there was like a minute 30 or whatever there's left, before they until they scored that empty netter, I still believed that the Oilers were going to score and get two. I, I really did. I, I, they were all over them. They just needed one of those pucks to bounce the right direction instead of the wrong direction i mean hill i mean one went right right off hill's head i mean that's the type of uh third period they, that hill had and the vegas golden knights had and but we go back to the fact that when you play put yourself in a position to be in an elimination game now everything has to go right for you to me the oilers didn't lose the series in game six the oilers lost the series in game five they did not have a great game five. That put them in the position coming home where they needed everything to go their way. The Oilers, for the most part, were the better team in this hockey game, but Hill was the better goaltender. And the Edmonton Oilers, because they were in an elimination game when things didn't go their way, when the puck didn't find the back of the net, they're on their way out and the Vegas Golden Knights are moving on. Yeah, and you know, you, you talk about moments uh, in this game and in the series that could have changed it. Certainly the uh, the three goals in a minute 29 from game five are going to be talked about, and then the Oilers having a five-minute power play and I guess only getting one, <laughs> but with their power play, that's that's kind of a disappointment. And then and then just the, the you know, the one game was 5-1 for Vegas, lopsided game. Edmonton didn't have uh, a good night, and even in that game one of the series, you know, there might be some regrets. Well, did, did they really? I mean, I mean, tonight, disappointing. Yes, there were some shortcomings, but you look at that shot clock and some of the possession, and you say, well, for the most part, maybe, you know, Edmonton played well. But a, a couple of the losses earlier in the season, that might linger with some guys who say, oh, yes. did we really bring it that night to the to the level that no, we needed to? That's a good point. The, the two of the earlier losses, the Oilers weren't good, and they were uh, by far the second-best team on the ice. Uh, tonight, in a season where everything seemed to go right for the Oilers' star players, it, tonight it didn't. Uh, the, the save that Hill made on Kane, that's Kane's bread and butter. He doesn't miss from there. Yeah. And not only did Hill make the save, like it wasn't as though the puck hit him. He, he stopped. He got that, that leg out. That was an old-school kick out. Um, Ekholm walks right down the slot. He has a golden opportunity. Uh, they had McDavid coming out of the corner. Dry so they the pucks bouncing all over the place. Uh, they, the Oilers did not have puck luck in this game, and we talked many times in this series where the Oilers and Vegas were very very close. Uh, they were so close in the regular season. They were so close in this series, and the team that wins is the team that gets the bounces or the breaks. Well, tonight Vegas got the bounces and the breaks, and a huge moment of this game was them. There weren't a lot of power plays, but they did kill off an Oilers power play. And that was huge confidence-wise for their team and a little demoralizing for an Oilers team that, I mean, as a fan, every time the Oilers got the power play, I'd already checked off goal because that's how automatic they were. So uh, the Edmontoners played well enough to win this hockey game, but then again, so did the Vegas Golden Knights. 
Okay, 5-2 Vegas wins the game. 4-2 they win the series. We'll be getting post-game reaction. We'll be hearing from you as well. We'll take a quick timeout. This is Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Studio 99, final score tonight, Vegas 5, Edmonton 2, McDavid and Fogle get the goals for the Oilers. Marsha show a natural hat trick in the second period for Vegas. Riley Smith and William Carlson also score. Oilers are eliminated in six games by the Vegas Golden Knights. Here is Oilers head coach Jay Woodcroft. Coming up short of our goal, which was to push this series to seven games. And, um, you know, I think... Um, you know, there were points in tonight's game where we can be better. Um, you know, that said, I, I thought the effort of our players, they pushed right to the very end in, in trying to, to find the equalizers. Uh, in the end, it, it, it didn't uh, turn our way, but I can't fault uh, the effort of our players. But there were certainly some points in tonight's game that we felt we could have executed better. Jay, Leon Dreisaitl was very hard on himself, obviously took, not only taking the loss naturally, you know, very emotionally, but felt that he was a major factor in why you guys lost tonight. What, what do you think when you, when you hear something like that? What do I think? I think we win as a team and we don't win as a team. And we stick together. Um, you know, uh, that's Leon um, being the leader that he is in, in trying to... Um, you know, take all that on himself, but we win as a team and we lose as a team. And uh, in the end, uh, we didn't execute at a, as a, at a high enough rate today in order to win the game and push it to seven games. And obviously you have so much high-end skill. You've got 300-point scores, a lot of guys with career years. In terms of your top six, how, do, how would you assess their play you know, in the series as a whole? Again, I think it's too, uh, it's too soon to give any... Um, you know, uh, broad characterizations of how uh, individuals played. But, um, you know, I, like I said, I thought our players emptied the tank tonight. It, it, it didn't turn for us. And in the end, um, some ex execution defensively is, is what ended up hurting us tonight. Jay, over here. Um, Stuart Skinner, he, he bounced back every time, seemed to have a good bounce back game. And he obviously won the starting position with his play was there ever a point where you thought maybe give Jack a chance to start the game or how did you kind of go? Yeah, with that I think we've, we've beat this up uh, in the last two days in terms of the questions. But yeah, that, we think about that stuff all the time. Um, in the end, we win as a team and, and we don't win as a team. And, um, um, you know, I thought, uh, you know, there's different points in tonight's game where we got to be better. And that's not on one person, regardless of the position. You look at the game tonight, and you guys dominated that first period, but they were only one shot away from tying it. And then when things went their way, it looked like they got two or three goals on you in those stretches, I guess. Was that maybe a difference when you guys dominated, you guys didn't extend the lead far enough, and they were able to kind of get back? Maybe. Maybe. Um, in the end, I thought we played a very good first period. I thought in the second period, um, there were situations we could handle better, specifically around our net. Um, 
and uh, I thought we pushed very hard in the third period but like I said um, it didn't fall for us tonight and but I can't uh, fault um, the effort of our players I thought we emptied the tank and uh, in the end a little bit of lack of execution there defensively in the second period ended up uh, really hurting us tonight uh, the stats might point to the discrepancy in even strength goals through the series. How did you feel about the quality of play at even strength that your team had, and what, did it match that discrepancy, or do you think you, did you like the chances well, you had? How many how many how many shots on net? Did, I didn't get a final game sheet, so I didn't see what were the final shot, shots on net. You had lots tonight, though. Yeah. You What's were, that? Sorry. Forty-one. Forty-one. Twenty-two. So, in an elimination game, we gave up twenty-two shots on net. Uh, in the end, there were. Um, moments within that game um, specifically some of the chances we gave up on those 22 shots that we think we can handle better um, they converted at a higher rate they finished at a higher rate five on five than we finished um, you know we scored two five on five goals tonight uh, but we gave up um, you know, I think three five-on-five five goals. One was at the end of a four-on-three. It was a four-on-four four situation. But, and then we gave up an empty netter. So they had one more than us tonight. I think um, that goes to just execution on a few plays uh, defensively. It's a close series. They have a good team, too. And yeah. do you think sometimes, that could, I mean, it sounds like a cop-out, but at the end of the day, they were the only team in the league that finished ahead of the regular season in the yeah. Western Conference. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a really good point. And congratulations are in order to uh, the Vegas Golden Knights, who who played a very good series. Um, there were two teams that were taking swings at each other um, in every game. Um, there's moments in that series that we feel we could execute it at a higher level, but you also have to tip your cap to the other team uh, you're right they finished ahead of us in the standings um, you know and I thought um, you know I thought there's moments we want to have back and and we're gonna have to learn from to use this as the growth opportunity that it presents itself as uh, for us as an organization to take a step but all that said, uh, the Vegas Golden Knights uh, executed at a high level, and um, they're moving on for a reason. Jay, it is Rob. Uh, there was a lot of questions about Evan Bouchard and maybe what he could do. You played him 31 minutes tonight. Yeah. Just the thought on the total, you know, totality of what he accomplished during the course of the playoffs, and uh, you know, maybe your confidence level got, was evident. Yeah. You're right. Ice time's your currency. Yeah. I thought uh, we saw great growth in Bouchard. Um, you know, not only in the playoffs, but down the stretch since the at-home trade, I thought that pair um, was very good for us. Obviously, when you're behind in a game like we were tonight, uh, he's going to play more minutes. But um, you know, he's he's somebody who's taken off, and um, you know, and I, we'll get to that, I'm sure, in, in follow-up press conferences and whatnot, and summing up the season and, and individuals and all that kind of stuff, but. Um, you know, for Evan to turn in the playoffs that he did, he, sh he should feel like he's in a, in a good trajectory moving forward. Jay, the, uh, the matchup, um, and I know you, you don't 
spent a lot of time chasing too many matchups. Yeah. Um, the McLeod-Carlson matchup tonight um, started the game, a lot of the TV timeouts. Uh, what was it about that matchup that you wanted, or was it was it also freeing up your other guys to not have to face them? Yeah, what I would say, Jason, is that, um, you know, I think if the other team had their druthers, they would have wanted Carlson on, on Connor McDavid. And um, going back to game number four here at home, we liked what we saw in the matchup of McLeod versus that line. You know, it was unfortunate. We gave up a goal uh, pretty early, but I love the response of our team. And, um, you know, that line found a goal back. Uh, so it, it was good on that line to, to find a goal back. I had real confidence in the McLeod, Derek Ryan, and Warren Fogel line. I thought they played their asses off uh, for their, not only for each other as a line, but played their asses off for their teammates. They gave everything that they had, and they were a very good line in this series for us. Good, thank you. All right, for the final time this season, that is Jay Woodcroft at the mic for Eclipse Restoration. Name one of Western Canada's best restoration contractors, threes in a row. Call 780-250-HELP or visit eclipse247.ca. Vegas 5, Edmonton 2 is the final. Rob, as that was a bit of a wrap-up there from Jay, we'll probably hear from him again uh, tomorrow or, or Tuesday, I would guess. They'll do their, their final availabilities. But, uh, yeah, anything stand out there? Uh, not really. It's, I mean, it's tough coming in and talking when the emotions are raw. It, I, I've said a number of times this year that this Oiler team, they weren't trying to, to make the playoffs. They weren't trying to win a division or a conference. They had expectations, not just hopes, but expectations of winning the Stanley Cup this year. I believe their team is good enough to do it. Uh, they just did not have the series they needed. They didn't get the saves they did needed. They didn't get the, the bouncers or the goals at the right opportunities. So for a coach or the players to come out and talk, uh, it, it's tough because uh, something that had gone so well for so long for this team this year uh, ended way sooner than they expected. So for Jay Woodcroft just came out and I thought he was very honest with his assessment of the game. Uh, I know that there was a question about the five-on-five five play. The others, five-on-five five were pretty good in this game, and the shots dictated that. They just, Vegas got more saves in this hockey game. That's not just on Skinner. That's on how well Aiden Hill played. He was excellent in this hockey game, and he stole the game. In that third period, the Oilers had plenty of opportunities to tie this game up. So two goals for the Oilers tonight for the playoffs. $4,400 donated to 630 Chad Santa's Anonymous from James H. Brown. Injury lawyers, when accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. We thank them a lot for helping out Santa's as they did all season long with Phil the Net. Okay, 780-496-0063 is how you can get in touch. That is the hotline presented by CertainTeed, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. CertainTeed, pro all the way. You're also going to hear from Nurse, Drysaddle, Skinner, and McDavid. All coming up on Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. And now Vegas on the counterattack. Riley Smith shot Bluger, saved Campbell, and he's forced to freeze it as the chance of soup go up at Rogers Place. All right, Jack Campbell gives you the save of the game for Crystal Glass. Call 310-GLASS or visit crystalglass.ca. Campbell comes in in the third period tonight. 
makes four saves as the Oilers lose 5-2 to the Vegas Golden Knights. I'm sure we'll uh, have some debate tonight about if uh, Campbell should have come into the game earlier, like maybe right at the start. Uh, but uh, a, a lot of things, Rob, I, I don't think that this series was lost on, on any one player. I nope. think there's going to be a lot of a lot of players that are, are, are discussed. I mean, the Oilers, uh, you know, all of their top four defensemen at, at times had tough moments. Yeah, 100%. Um, you know, Nugent Hopkins uh, finishes the playoffs with uh, with one goal. You know what, Hyman only had one goal in this series. Uh, Yamamoto a couple. Of, I mean, you can go down the list. K Kane had one one assist yeah. in his last seven games. And, and, uh, and I said against after the L.A. series, because I know there was talk about Nugent Hopkins and some other players, I said, well, the good thing is they, they, they won the series, though, because they're a deeper team. Well, now a little bit better team in Vegas, and you, and you can't quite survive if you have too many players, even just a little bit lower than what you expected or what you needed. Well, Vegas was deep, and you and I just talked about it a little earlier in the show. They had their fourth line going in the last three minutes of the hockey game. They had their fourth line going against Connor McDavid and Leon. Uh, they had trust in, in all 12 because all 12 forwards were contributing. Uh, the Oilers had a shortened bench and when you have a short bench and then players that are included in the short group uh, aren't contributing like they have all season long, it does make it hard to win a hockey game. So it, it, it's too bad because this is, uh, there are a number of players that had career years that unfortunately uh, some of the puck luck dried up here in this series. All right, 5-2 Vegas wins it. They take the uh, series in six. We have Nathan on the line. Hi, Nathan. Go ahead. Nathan, are you there? Oh, yes, I am. Okay, I yeah, maybe turn your radio down if you got it up, please. You got it. Thank you. Hi, can you hear me now? Yes, go ahead. All right. Um, uh, I feel like you guys are being kind of silly gooses right now. <laughs> because everyone's avoiding the goaltender conversation. We were just and, talking uh, about it. We just talked about it. Yeah, I know. I, heard you guys, I know. I know. And this is after the fact. But during, during the series, the players, the coaches, and the media, and it's not just you guys. I mean, I understand that, have been avoiding the goaltending conversation. And you've been handling we Skinner with Kinsler. after every game. We said, we said after, game, after game three, we said Skinner that they Kinsler. have to talk about putting Jack Campbell in. We talked about it. There had to be a conversation. We said that Stuart Skinner's numbers weren't good enough. We, uh, we, uh, we both agreed that Skinner would start because that's who they believe in. But we did say that there had to be an honest conversation about the goaltending and whether or not Jack Campbell should be put in or not. We said that after game three. And, it, and we stand by it because Stuart Skinner had an incredible season. It wasn't as good a playoff for him. And his numbers that he had in the playoffs don't usually win you series. And this series, it didn't. Are you there, Nathan? Yeah, I am. Sorry. Like, what, like yeah, what's not, felt, like, what's not like being what, discussed? Like, what, what isn't being discussed? The I felt like Woodcroft was, Woodcroft was bullish on Skinner. Yep. And it's obvious that that has ended up in in the situation that we were in. That's what I was trying to say. Uh, I feel like he was dealt with kid gloves when it comes to the media, but not just the media. It, I've, I've heard it all over the place. Even during the season, I feel like Skinner was handed with kid gloves. I think that he, he wasn't being treated like an NHL goaltender, kind of like, oh, well, he's, you know, he's a rookie and stuff. Well, Soup would have definitely done better in the last I, few games. I don't how know. Do you, how do you and know I that? Think, how do you know that? 
because of his numbers. Well, it, what about yeah. the numbers? Okay, Nathan, the, the, like, wow, what an awful call to start the show. Did, okay. you see, did you see Campbell's numbers in the regular season? Like, that's why Skinner started in the playoffs. Nathan, the trust that the, the Oilers have in Skinner is based on the regular season. Campbell, Campbell struggled. Now, could they have put Campbell in? Uh, yes. And if they were going to do it, they should have done it probably in game four. But to put him in in game six would have been tough to all of a sudden, all right, here you go. We haven't trusted you all playoffs. You had a, a really down season. Here we're going to put you in tonight. Skinner was not, he wasn't as good as he needed to be. And he'll be the first to tell you that. I don't think he was handled with kid gloves during the regular season. He was exceptional during the regular season. He was breaking records that Grant Fuhr set. He, he's up for the rookie of this, the year. Uh, he was in the All-Star game. And it was because of his play. But 100%, his play was not, well, he, he was not the better goalie in this series. And tonight, Aiden Hill outplayed him. And because of that, Las Vegas is moving on. Uh, you can't say that Campbell would have been better in these two games. Yeah, because we'll over know. 80, we'll, we'll never, never know. know. We know. He may have been. He may have been and, worse. And if he starts a game and it's 2 nothing Vegas five minutes in, then it's then it's like, well, why didn't Woody go with the guy who got you? Know, I, I mean, they, they lost, so everything's going to be picked apart. There's going to be a lot of what-ifs. Woodcroft went with the easy route. The easy route was to start Skinner. Played the guy who played all year. Yeah, the, yes. hard, the hard call would have been to start Campbell. Yep. Yep. And... He was going to live and die by it. He was living and no. die by Stuart Skinner. And Stuart Skinner tonight, Aiden Hill was the better goalie. All right, we have Terry on the line as well. Hi, Terry, go ahead. Hey, guys. I think it's clear that, um, you know, we've got a captain who's uh, nothing but a stats patter. He's a cherry picker. He cares about individual awards. Uh, he cares about padding the stats in, you know, in the regular well, season. Well, we're off to a great he start. Have a good night, Terry. <laughs> Wow, I, I wonder. I wonder how long it was going to take to to get a uh, McDavid's no good call. Well, number two. I think he's pretty good. I think he's pretty. I do actually. I have a, an utmost more respect now for Jack Eichel. He's way better Played hockey well. player than I. Th he's better than I thought he was. Uh, I, I was telling my buddies. I think he's the anti McDavid. McDavid does everything 100 miles an hour. Eichel does everything at 40 miles an hour. Yet they're both capable of carrying the puck and keeping it and making good plays. Connor McDavid had a very good playoff. He did. Connor McDavid is uh, is a good leader. Unfortunately for him, his team did not go where they were expected to go or where they hoped to go. But Connor McDavid had an incredible season this year, and he carried it on with a very good playoff. All right, let's hear from Connor McDavid. Leon's very emotional. You can tell how disappointing he is. I'm sure you echo that. When you look back, what, what do you feel was the difference tonight? I mean, it was five minutes ago. Um, what was the difference? I mean, they uh, they did a lot of good things. They shut it down. Um, their third period was uh, was clinical. Um, we still had our looks and didn't find a way to get one past them. It seemed like that first period, you really dominated that first period, but you, you, you came out of it just up a goal, I guess. Was that kind of a big difference in the series? When you dominated the series and, or dominated stretches, you were only up by, by a goal or still kind of kept them in the game? Um, yeah, I mean, I thought they, they, you know, game five, they had a better second period than us. Game six, they have a better second period, and um, we can't claw our way back. Didn't get lots of opportunities on the power play tonight, Connor. What, what do you think about from an even strength standpoint? I know you got a couple tonight, but overall in the series, if, if you know you guys were strong in that regard during the regular season, but what do you think in this series the difference was at even strength? Uh, 
No, that's a good question. Um, I thought a five-on-five five game was better tonight than it uh, was all series. Um, yeah. But it was just the opportunity lost here. Certainly, yeah. You said it. Kenny Holland always talks about at bats and getting a chance. And third round last year, second round this year. Do you feel like? You know, it must be hard to go through this, but is this just part of a process here? Is this a necessary part of it? Um, it feels like every team that, that wins and goes on a stretch of winning um, kind of experiences this. Um, obviously, it's not, not what you want to do, not what you want to uh, feel. Um, that being said, you know, I really feel that uh, you got to go through some of this to, uh, to win. Um, I think we've seen that all the way through. It's always the last time. All right, that is Connor McDavid after the Oilers lose 5-2 to the Vegas Golden Knights. The Golden Knights advance, and they will play either Seattle or Dallas in the West Final. Game 7 of that series is tomorrow on the scoreboard for Advantage Trailer Rentals, your one-stop source for commercial trailer rentals. Visit AdvantageTrailerRentals.com. Uh... I'm, I'm, I'm gonna pick Vegas to, to win that series. I can already tell you that because I picked Winnipeg to beat them, and I picked uh, Edmonton to win this series. I'm not going against Vegas again. And and here's one thing you have to remember about Vegas. Now, rightfully so, we can debate Skinner's play should have Campbell played all that kind of stuff. Uh, Vegas also beat Connor Hellebuck, who was a Vesna finalist, so mm -hmm. they must be doing something right. Uh, Vegas is a, they're good. Uh, you know what's funny is you, you start picking, you're talking about teams you're going to pick to win Vegas to win the next series. Uh, my family does a hockey pool. We get to pick any 20 players, and so that you can pick all, everyone in the pool can pick Connor McDavid, so you can pick any 20 players. We are just finished the second round. I have zero players left in my hockey pool. Well, and that's, and that's what we've <laughs> talked about, about the NHL. It's, it's so competitive. It's so tight. Uh, I mean, we've seen how many years ago with that Tampa Bay won all those games. Boston mm -hmm. does it this year. I mean, Tampa Bay didn't even win a game they got in swept, the first yeah. round that year. Um, you know, McDavid and Dreisaitl, two leading scorers in the league. They're out. I, I, late in this game, I went on. And, and again, I got to emphasize this for everybody. When you hear people, whether the media or fans do predictions, it's fun. I, I know from this job, I always like some people get like, get really mad if you if or they or they take a lot of joy in pointing out if you made a prediction wrong by the way everybody i picked florida in both series so put that in your pipe <laughs> but uh i i went back on the Sportsnet website at the start of the playoffs yep. and they had you know elliot merrick yep. you know gene there's like there's about Sam, 25 Sam, guys Sam yep. it was 19 guys there you go nobody picked vegas to win the cup nobody picked florida nobody picked carolina nobody picked seattle nobody picked dallas those are the five teams left. That shows you how the parity in the league, which is awesome. I think putting the salary cap in did everything it was supposed to do. It gives everyone a fair chance. Uh, I'm not sure the NHL is going to love the fact if it's Seattle, Carolina, Florida, and Vegas as their final four when it comes for... They're going to love if Seattle and Vegas play each other. Seriously, you think so? Yep. Oh, in the... In the West. For viewership? For storylines. Story, oh, storylines will be incredible, but for viewership, you're talking about four of the smaller viewerships uh, in, in the National Hockey League. This isn't, uh, these aren't huge hockey meccas, but it will be interesting, it will be exciting, and there's going to be a, a Stanley Cup champion this year that nobody expected. 
All right, 780-496-0063. We have Evan on the line. Evan, go ahead. Hey, I, I got to change the, the feeling of these callers are uh, a little bit depressed. They're, uh, their expectations are a little bit out to lunch. NHL is a tough league. We're one of the top eight teams, but at the end of the day, Vegas is a great team. They built an awesome team that reached the Stanley Cup Finals a few years ago. They added Petrangelo. They added Stone. Uh, they, they added Eichel. Like, great team, uh, and, and they're, they're going to go far for the next few years. And our best players weren't our best players tonight, last couple games. Uh, they just haven't been good enough. Uh, I just wanted to know your thoughts. I did think that Jay Woodcroft was outcoached at times. Uh, it seemed like the Vegas uh, Golden Knights were line matching and they're having a lot of success with their matchups. Uh, it seems like uh, Cassidy made some good decisions and Jay wasn't able to make those decisions. Do you think that he was outcoached or did, uh, did he just not have the same horses that Cassidy had? Well, that's a, that's a good question. I think Cassidy, especially early in the series, made a big impact with how they, they were defending, specifically Connor off the rush. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're going to beat Edmonton, you, you've got to be well coached to be able to, to stop the attack of Connor and Leon. And he forced uh, Jay Woodcroft into having to unite them again. That's not something that they wanted to do. They wanted Connor and Leon on opposite lines. I, I think as the series went on, and tonight, the one thing that I really noticed tonight in the coaching and I, and I brought it up with you afterwards, Reed. The Oilers, let's put a little back spin on it. The Oilers were up 2-1 in the first period and were dominant. And we talked before the game, whichever team is able to extend their lead has won every game. And it happened again tonight. The Oilers had a 2-1 lead. They never were able to extend it. In the first period tonight, Connor McDavid had the six most minutes for Edmonton Oilers, forwards. There was five forwards that had more than him. And he had just seconds more than Derek Ryan. They were Jay Woodcroft was trying to line match in the first period, and Bruce Cassidy he just quit putting on the line that Connor was playing against. So in a period that the Oilers could have extended the lead, you would have thought maybe that's a period that Connor plays nine ten minutes. He played nine and a half minutes or something along that in the second period, but in the first period he played five and change. And that's one thing that I think Bruce Cassidy did a very good job is, okay, here's, well, they're putting him against Stevenson and Stone. We're just going to hold back on Stevenson and Stone just a little bit. Yep. And so they're, both coaches, uh, it's a chess game. And, uh, and just as players learn through series like this, I imagine coaches do too. Bruce Cassidy's been around a long time. Yep. He's had success in this league. He is a very, very good coach. And Jay Woodcroft's going to get to that point, hopefully at some point, too. And this, this entire experience was a learning experience for him, too. Yeah, I, again, I mean, there's a bunch of little things that uh, that are going to be brought up. Yep. And, and when you get through it, uh, when you get eliminated, then, yeah, I mean, coaching for sure. I mean, it's, uh, I mean, A, Vegas has a good roster. So oh, very let's good not, roster. Let's not lose uh, lose sight of that but all coaches are better when they have good rosters yeah, to play absolutely, with. <laughs> absolutely absolutely but you know that's that's a good question by evan for sure Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. okay we'll get to a uh, quick timeout more from you and more from the oilers dressing room this is heartland ford overtime open line oilers hockey is brought to you by Friesen brothers this is the heartland ford overtime open line here's reed wilkins on oilers radio 630 chad the Oilers uh, season is over.
Vegas wins this series in 6-5-2. The final tonight, Marsha Show with a natural hat trick in the second period to really turn the tide in the Golden Knights' favor. So it'll be uh, now 33 years since the Oilers last won the Stanley Cup. 30 years since a Canadian team last won the Stanley Cup. That was the Montreal Canadiens in 1993. You were in the NHL then, Rob. Um, actually, I may have taken a moment break into the minors that well, year. you were a pro hockey player. <laughs> there you go. I you was played in, you, well, you played in the Stanley Cup final in 92. Uh, yes. That, well, I, yeah, I did. Chicago, right? Yep, I was at the Blackhawks. Actually, it was we beat Edmonton in the semifinals that year to go to, to the finals. It was kind of cool coming home, playing in front of my family and friends in the semifinals. So pretty cool experience. Just not winning wasn't as cool. I'm sure that would have been more fun, but... Did you see the – I was watching the handshake line. And, yeah, I mean, some, I, some guys will hug. Or it was yeah. very quick with Drysaddle and, and I will. i got to be honest with you. I was waiting for that moment, too. I was trying, okay, where is Peter Angelo? There he's there. Now, where's Leon? Uh, yeah, well, there there are players that go hard at each other all series long, and then at they'll they'll have a little embrace and say, good series, and I appreciate what you did. But usually that's when it's played – um, hard but fair. Uh, Leon would not be happy with the two-hand that Petrangelo gave him, and nor should he be. And those are ones that you don't forget. Those are ones where, okay, it was all part of the game. We were, but no, that one wasn't part of the game. And I, I, I know that that is going to be a, a story that in this game that Peter Angel deserved more than a game. Uh, as did a lot of players in the playoffs. The, I, I still question some of the decisions made by safety department of the NHL. In this game tonight where he could have been suspended, he was plus four. So what a difference he made having the ability to play in tonight's game as he was plus four and by far the best defenseman for the Vegas Golden Knights. All right, let's go down to the Oilers dressing room. Here's Leon Dreisaitl. Leon, just... Uh Kind of initial thoughts on, on the series coming to an end uh, earlier than you had hoped. Um, yeah, it, it hurts. Um, I don't. Yeah, it's tough. Tough to find words right now. Um, obviously, you know when you start a season, you're you're in it to to win it, and, and we're at that stage. If you if you don't complete that, then um, it just feels like a, a, yeah. A, f a failure or, or a wasted year almost, so um, yeah, it hurts. I know it's still fresh and there'll be time to sort of debrief. What do you think, maybe from the five on five or even strength standpoint, uh, maybe the difference was or why you guys struggled to produce? <coughs> uh, yeah, um, couldn't, couldn't create enough maybe five on five, but um, you know, we scored two five on five tonight. Sometimes that's that's got to be enough, right? Um, I I got to take a lot of ownership myself. Uh, I wasn't wasn't good tonight, so um, yeah. Yeah, you, know, you were very good in the Los Angeles series. Very good in the first half of the series. Do you feel like it was a little bit tougher the last three games to to produce and to try to generate like you were kind of saying? Uh, it's it's always it's always tough. Um, you know, guys guys play me hard. I know that, but. Um, you know, gotta gotta find a way to be better. Is there any? I know it's super early, man. I could tell 
the emotion in your voice, how disappointed it is. Like, what do you take from this? What, what will you take from this moving forward? Um, just a feeling of how much it hurts. Um, you know, I don't think anyone in here, you know, want, wants to feel like that again. So um, you got to do do whatever you have to do personally um, to make sure that you don't feel like that anymore. And um, but it's obviously very fresh and yeah, hurts right now. This was such a dominant team down the stretch, and in the first round, you guys were kind of firing on all cylinders, and then it kind of went away. Was that just ran into a, a really good team, and that's kind of the genesis of it? Yeah, they they're a good team. Um, they played us played us well, played us hard. Um, I think there's too many little mistakes at, at key moments for our group um, that you know ended up you know backfiring and, and um, you know turned turned the series around. So um, yeah. All right, that's a very disappointed Leon Drysdale up. So that's the most emotional. I, I mean, I don't know how many years is this for Leon? Six, seven, eight? I don't even know what we are with him. By far the most emotional I've ever heard him in a in a post game talk. Uh, and it just goes to what we were saying earlier. This Oiler team is not a team that is playing to make the playoffs. They're not playing to come in first in their division. This team uh, expected to win the Stanley Cup. And, he's, and he talked about, the, I mean, this is a guy that had 128 points on the season, just called the season a failure, a wasted year. Now, I don't think it's either of those, and I think that's part of uh, an emotional response after a very uh, sad evening, uh, one that was not expected for that team. Uh, but it shows you what their belief is and the fuel for next year. And he talked about he doesn't want to have this feeling again I, I guarantee you that that group in there, if they could start training camp next week, they would because they want to start climbing back to where where they are right now. They want another opportunity, and that's what's so hard about being in the NHL. When you don't go where you want to go in the playoffs, it's such a long road to get there. they got to go through summer training, then training camp, then exhibition, then 82 games just to get back to the dance. So when you have a team that you feel is good enough, and you don't go where you want to go, you could tell in the disappointment that's how Leon felt. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, they felt like, well, a lot of people felt like they could do it. I mean, I, I was uh, I was optimistic, and you only get so many chances. Yep. I mean, I, I would expect, we've talked about this, I, I would expect the Oilers to be uh, a playoff team Every year. for a yep. few years to come. But then, as, as we've seen, it's, it's still another level, and the margins are, are small, and you have to be good enough or find a way to to do enough in a series to get those margins on your side well and what is even more frustrating if you're an oiler fan or an oiler player this is an oiler team that had all these players have career years and then they're in the playoffs and now there's going to be nicks and bruises coming up but relatively healthy you look at a carolina team that's gone to the final four and they're missing three of their best wingers are all out of the lineup and they found a way to get to the final four still Here's an Edmonton team that's healthy. Their best players are all healthy. And that's, I think, again, that's the disappointment you saw with Leon Dreisler. He understands how good a team this could have been, what they could have accomplished this year, and the fact that they are all, you know, they they're all had these career years, they're all healthy, and they're ready to go. And the, the one team that everyone feared, the Boston Bruins, they were out early. It was like a clearer path. It's like, oh, my God, everything just opened up for us to walk right through. But just as the Oilers 
team and fans thought that. So did the Vegas team and fans think the same way. And coming into this series, the one thing that Vegas could say is, well, for 82 games, we were better than that team. Why wouldn't we be better in a seven-game series? We have Jason on the Certainty Hotline. Go ahead, Jason. Hey, guys. Great uh, great season this year from you two. Hey, I just want to um, say, you know, for all the Canadian teams that uh, have gone through this, uh, this year, uh, which I got a couple questions, which was a bigger disappointment, the Oilers not making it as far as they can, or the Leafs, and what do you think Holland does for the third and fourth line next year? Well, I, with all due respect, Jason, I appreciate you calling. We'll, we'll probably limit the talk about a lot of the off-season moves. Um, yeah, I mean, you still they're still going to look for for more depth, probably a little more. Um, yeah, I mean, you can always use a little more finish, maybe a little more. Uh, and the, I'm not saying the guys on the team weren't competitive, but you know those guys who were just a, a pain in the ass to. to I'm not play sure there's going to be a whole lot of change I, I, though. Well, I don't know if there'll be a whole lot. There no. could be some. There was some. I mean, Holloway will be. I think he'll be in your top six next year. Oh, yeah, should be given the opportunity. Here. I mean, will, will Yam will be back? I think you'll look at some things like that. I don't know which one is it. I mean, the Leafs finished a little better than Edmonton, right? Um, I don't even know anymore. I th- I think <laughs> oh, I think that the it, it the the Oilers would be a bigger disappointment. I think when you looked at Toronto's before the playoffs started, Toronto had to beat Tampa and Boston in everyone's mind because those were the teams in their division where the Oilers, well, they're going through L.A. and then maybe Vegas. They probably have an easier road. So I think that dis- that might have been a little bit bigger disappointment. Um, but I think Canadian hockey fans are all disappointed right now. Again, there's no Canadian team in the Final Four. Yeah, well, Toronto finished two points ahead of Edmonton. They were fourth overall. Edmonton was sixth. I, I mean, Toronto made it further than they did last year. Yep. Edmonton did not. I mean, I, I had a buddy text me and say, how, how do you say Edmonton's close? They were eight wins away last year. They were ten wins away this year from the Stanley Cup. And, uh, you know, that is one way to look at it. Mm-hmm. I do believe I do believe the Oilers are close. I think they've, they have a team that was good enough to win the Stanley Cup this year. They're not going to. But they had a team that was good enough. And uh, maybe uh, the, the feeling that Leon Dreisettle has, which is going through that dressing room, will be a feeling that drives them all next season. Vegas will have home ice advantage in the West Final. So they yeah. were uh, fifth overall, Dallas eighth, Seattle 12th, and uh, Carolina second overall. They are going to play the 17th overall Florida Panthers. Just to give everybody a little bit of context, the Calgary Flames had one more point than the Florida Panthers. <laughs> well, the Florida Panthers, the only reason they're in the playoffs is because the Pittsburgh Penguins... Uh, biffed it late in the season. They they lost a couple winnable games that allowed the Florida Panthers to get in but, the playoffs. But that's interesting because if if the standings were one through sixteen, Calgary like would have been were, in. I know they didn't do that for very long, but they for should. The first couple of years, Edmonton joined the league. Uh, <laughs> Florida would not have been in, and Calgary season is a disaster, <laughs> and Florida might might win it all. Florida's got a good team, and the thing that they were missing all season long was goaltending. Uh, Bobrovsky is back. Their goaltending has been excellent here in the playoffs. Okay, we have Tony at 780-496-0063. Go ahead, Tony. Hey, boys. Um, Enjoyed the season. Bad way to go out, but you know what? Right now, I understand people are mad. I understand. I am too, but we got to look at it this way, okay? You know, 
you know, we had Kane where he may he may not even have a feeling in his fingers. Okay, he got his uh, his wrist slashed halfway through the season. This is not the end. And for anybody who's saying that Leon and Connor are going to want to get traded and everything like that, you know what? Leave the fan base because they are not going to want to get traded. Yeah, they're upset right now because they just lost to a team that we should have beat. But anyway, I love the fact that you guys are still doing this. Um, I'm looking forward to the next season, and uh, stay strong, boys. Okay. Thanks, Tony. I I haven't heard anybody say that Connor and Leon. (laughs) I, I don't know why. Yeah, I can't understand that that mentality. That because a, a team gets eliminated from the playoffs, that the the best players on the team are not going to want to play there there'd anymore. There'd be a there'd be a lot unless, of traded trades because yeah. there's 31 teams and, that and get let's eliminated. Face it, the last two or three years for the Oilers are uh, miles above uh, mm-hmm. some of the seasons uh, Connor and, and Leon had when they were younger. Yes, <laughs> with the team. So I don't know if this was the would be the time that they want to go. I mean, it's fair to talk about. I mean, Drysdale's an unrestricted free agent in two years. Yep. Next um, year will be the next summer. Start. You'll yep. have to you'd have to sign him to an ex- you'd want to sign him to an extension. I guess you know next July or August. So that that will be a storyline. Oh, Oh, one hundred percent, it will be. Yeah. Uh, and I and I honestly, I I well, we I guess we don't know. We don't know what these young men are thinking about their hockey careers and their lives. Yep. Um, I and I was talking about this because when they were doing bad in November or December, I was doing inside sports, and I'm getting like, oh, they hate it here. They want out. I'm like, okay. But I said, second of all, you have to understand something. Success, being a good team is is not just about winning the Stanley Cup, though it is the ultimate goal. I mean, I said, what? okay, so what if the Oilers make the final four straight years? They're going to be like, oh, our, my team sucks. I want to leave. And also, winning a Stanley Cup does not guarantee it. I mean, maybe Leon, if the Oilers would have won the Stanley Cup this year, Leon Dreisaitl wins the Conn Smythe Trophy. Maybe two years from now, he's like, hmm, I'm worth $16 million. Only, dollars. You know, the Oilers can only afford to pay me 14 because yeah. Connor's getting this. So, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a very complex argument. And I know fans will get emotional and they'll want to go to that. But, I mean, I think it's a lot more layered than... We're, we're a ways away from having to worry about that. Yeah. But, I mean, it will be something to follow. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Well, he's the second best player in the world. You certainly want to keep him in the fold. But I mean that'll be that'll be next June's storyline. Yeah, but it is some to file away. Oh, one hundred percent it is. All right, we have uh, Alex on the line as well. Alex, go ahead. Hi, how are you doing, guys? Good. Uh, well, you know, probably one of the biggest things I could take away from this uh, series is a game four. Uh, you know, I have friends over, my wife and that, and we watched the Oilers completely pound that team. And they showed up and they played hard. And I thought when they won that game that they were going to win every game. If they came up with that effort, that that they that was it. They finally had arrived and they made it to that level uh, that they should play to win. I look back at the uh, the '84 or the '83 Cup that the Islanders won over the Oilers, and the old story goes. That all the Oiler players, Low, Messi, and Gretzky, walked by the Islander dressing room and looked in the dressing room and saw that they weren't celebrating, that they're all banged up and whatever and hurt and whatever. And I think that's where the Oilers have to get to to realize that. And uh, they're learning that because uh, they didn't. There was too many times in the series where they 
seven, eight minutes would go by and they weren't, they didn't show up. They, I mean, they, they weren't playing at that level. They should have. Tonight was a, a good example in that first period. They were up 2-1, and I think there was 10 minutes to go in the period. They were stuck at nine shots for what seemed like forever. And uh, there were just, they just, there was no emotion in there. There was nothing there. And I was going, uh-oh. Yeah. And I thought to myself, you know, and, and, and there was too many of those times in this series where I was going, uh-oh. And, you know, yeah, of course, the, they were outgoed. And, you know, that's always going to, there's lots of, lots of storylines where people are going to criticize. Uh, they're going to criticize nurse. They're going to criticize the three, five million dollar men. Uh, that didn't uh, a point produce. They could go, you can pick it apart. Okay, I'm going to you know, jump in there, Alex, because we got a lot of guys on, on hold okay. tonight still this morning. But, yeah, I mean, it took the Oilers eight minutes and nine seconds to get a shot in the second period. By that time, they'd allowed two goals and nothing against Vinny DeHarnay, but their first shot on goal was a point mm-hmm. shot wrister by DeHarnay. Now, we talked about this earlier, um, and, and that's the thing. Sometimes when a team is out playing another team, it looks like the team that is being outplayed isn't trying. I don't think the Oilers were not trying. I think Vegas is that good. And, and like Alex said, Edmonton did it to Vegas yeah. sometimes. But as we touched on earlier, uh, the these last two losses for the Oilers tonight, they're going to regret small stretches yep. of the games. But I, I think the loss in game one and the loss in game three is when the Oilers might say, were we really as thorough as we needed to be? And even if you know, it's one thing for Vegas to beat you, it's another thing... Oh, uh, you know what? We were we were at eighty percent, and they were at ninety-eight. You know, you're right. And, and the Oilers weren't good enough in those games. And those games built the confidence of Vegas and showed that they're capable uh, of of beating the team and how to beat the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, there's runs. Every team we've talked about it many times. Every team has a run it, it, during the course of a game. When you have your run, you have to execute and get multiple goals. And when the opposition has their run, when they're controlling play, you have to survive it. And I think what we saw in the last two games, Vegas, when they got on their little run, they scored the goals. Last game, they scored three uh, in a row at the end of the, was at the end of the first period, where they got the five on three, or the end of the, se- sorry, in the second period. And again today, in the second period, they had their run, and they, they did, the Oilers weren't able to, sur- to survive when Vegas pushed. And the Vegas Golden Knights con- on the opposite side, they did survive. They survived the first period yeah. in the last two games when the Edmonton Oilers were by far the better team. So 5-2 Vegas wins this one. They win the series in six all season long. Whenever the Oilers have scored five or more in a game, we've turned on the Japanese Village Goal Light on 630Ched.com. That allows you to print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village. Edmonton's favorite teppanyaki steak restaurants come in and check out their new location, 3975 Calgary Trail. Mark has called us as well. Good morning, Mark. Do we have Mark? Yes, we do. Yeah, go ahead, Matt. Yeah, sorry. Um, calling all the way from New Brunswick. Oh, thanks for staying up. Wow. He's yeah. just getting up for work right now. You're on your way to work. <laughs> oh, the, th- the things I do for being a serious Oilers fan. Well, good for you. Yeah, well, we appreciate it. Thank you guys for doing your thing. It's always appreciate listening to you guys in after every game, you told like it is. What's on your mind tonight? Well, I think everyone uh, they they want they want to show they want to throw 
Um, I mean, it's easy to throw Skinner under the bus here, but I, I think uh, most of the blame is on the details. Like, Mar- Marchessault was allowed to roam free in, in, our, in our zone, and he, and he could do whatever he wanted. Yeah, well, I think I think thanks for calling, especially all the way from New Brunswick. And we talked about that after the second period. So, Marchessault's first goal is uh, a, a deflected puck by Barbashev, mm-hmm. and Marchessault's all by himself. A- and you're looking, okay, where's CC? Where's the back-checking center? Uh, could have Nurse tied up Barbashev's stick so it's not tipped? Could have Skinner read the shot better? Right? Those are all details. And then... Like we said, the the second goal, that was, I don't I don't know what's that that was a tap in putt that was a two inch mm-hmm. putt for Marshall. That was a gimme. Yeah, and if he hadn't have been there, there was a second Vegas player who would have been able to get to the rebound. And and you look at that rebound, and I'm not going to point out individual players because it wasn't just one guy, but there are others players back to the net, covering nobody, and you know that's a little detail. And unfortunately. As much as they improved at that at times of the season, that was their Achilles' heel was was team defending. And when you have a four-checking team like Vegas who can keep pucks alive and get pucks through, well, then you might give up some goals. Well, and Jay Woodcroft talked about it that he he liked a lot about his about his five-on-five game tonight. And he talked about the the shot attempts compared to what Vegas had, but he said that their details in the second period mm-hmm. they lost them. Yep, and that's why the game was lost. They just. When Vegas pushed, uh, the Oilers got caught uh, in, in poor defensive coverage, made some poor defensive decisions, and Vegas took advantage of it. The, the, the difference between Vegas and the Los Angeles Kings in the first round, Vegas is deeper with better goal scores, guys that can execute better. And when we saw that, a couple guys who were bone dry coming into this series, and then for part of this series, Marshall Show and Riley Smith, well, they... What they get in the in this Riley Smith had goals back to back games now, and Marsha show yep. with the hat trick, and then he had a couple in the game before. So they have guys that can score, and when you make a mistake against Vegas, they make you pay. And the one line that the Oilers could not contain in this series was a Jack Eichel's line. They they were excellent, mm-hmm. and that was and they got was it Barbashev? Is that how you say his name? Yep. He was a was a trade deadline pickup. He was very good. And he was. Excellent in this series for for Vegas. And, and I think to compare the two teams the Oilers played, I, I thought and obviously there are some good players and mm-hmm. they they made impacts against Edmonton. But generally after LA's top six, there was a drop off. Oh, huge drop. And I thought these. after LA's top four D, actually there was, I thought there was a significant drop off to LA's third pair. Well, uh, they they couldn't play the third pair against three of the Oilers' lines. Right, and I mean you look at uh, Hague and White Cloud. I mean, those, that was the third pair for them tonight, on paper anyway. Like, the, and, they were good. And they were put out against Connor. The, the Vegas yep. did not change their third pairings. They they put them out at any time, felt completely confident. And I'm just looking. White Cloud played almost 20 minutes in today's eye. He played 19 minutes. Haig played 23 minutes in tonight's game. So they, they weren't afraid to put those guys out on the ice. And the one thing that... Vegas did much differently than the LA Kings. The LA Kings sat back and they just waited for the Oilers to make mistakes. And and it worked to an extent early in the series, but then the Oilers adapted and they didn't make mistakes. They got the red line, they dumped pucks in. Vegas forechecked. 
Yeah. And they were and they gave up some chances against. Even in the third period, they they got caught a couple of times. He was at a four on two, and that's the one that Kane had the great scoring chance. But Vegas sold out on the forecheck because if you're going to beat the Edmonton Oilers, you're going to beat them by getting in on a forecheck and check. check they're testing their defense mm -hmm. and Vegas did that and they did create the turnovers they did create the offensive chances and Vegas has guys that can put the puck on the net when the mistakes are made okay you're still going to hear from Nurse and Skinner you can chime in at 780-496-0063 we are live in a Almost empty Studio 99. I think our sound engineer is over there. He's the well, he's he's asleep, <laughs> but I know he's yeah. here. Oh, he just you just woke him up. <laughs> uh, back with more Heartland Ford overtime open line. Live Oilers hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford overtime open line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 6:30. Chad. Kulak up the left-hand side. Fogle will dump it in. But again, that was a bit of a freakish bounce. Here's Ryan in front. One-timer score. There's your response. Warren Fogle gives Edmonton the lead. Two to one. All right, there's the final goal of the season for the Oilers. It came way back at 2.43 of the first period. Edmonton was up 2-1. At that point, they lose 5-2 to Vegas. Golden Knights win the series in six. Fogle the third star tonight. Aiden Hill the second star with... I think they might have taken a save away. Did they change the shots here? They did. 38 saves. Still pretty good. They had it at 41. Now they have it at 40 shots. Whatever. He had a good night. Marsha so natural hat trick is the first star. Our fourth star for Jandell Homes, Alberta's premier modular home retailer. Uh, yeah. We're going to give it to our listeners. Well... Yeah, that's a good idea. But anyone that stay up right now, you get a star. Well, the one guy called from New Brunswick. I think they're three hours ahead. That's where's there. Is there somewhere over there that's got a half hour? I think Newfoundland's a half hour. Is that what they're it three is? and a half ahead of us. Yeah. So it's tomorrow there too. Well, it's tomorrow. It's Monday. Now. It's now Monday. In BC, it's still Sunday. It's twelve twenty-six a.m. here in Edmonton. What time do you coach tomorrow? Uh, tomorrow or today? Uh, sorry, today not till twelve thirty. Physio, oh, good. physio at eight a.m. tomorrow. Today, so, today. <laughs> no, yeah. I'm so confused. It's been a long day. That's okay. We have uh, Jerry on the line. Go ahead, Jerry. First time caller from Woodbridge, Ontario. Oh, thank you. Um, oh, I love your show, guys. I, I want to say thank you for such a great season. Like your insights is amazing. I, I really enjoy listening, guys, on the podcast. Since the show is always late, I don't always have the time. Like when I'm up in the morning, I'm, I order games. I'm, I'm always I have a, I don't miss a game. I go to work after like in two hours, like you guys. So I go to work at five tomorrow, say, and I'll I'll, I'll suffer for the Oilers. But um, I just want to say the the fault shouldn't be on Skinner. Um, if it wasn't for Skinner, we wouldn't be in the playoffs this season. Personally, uh, that's just my opinion. Um, there's just too many letdowns, I thought, in this round where we took the lead at, at so many times. Like, we, we got the first goal of every game except tonight. And, like, the bounce back tonight, and you're, and you're up to one, and you think the momentum's on your side. But you have to remember that Vegas always had a good pushback, and that's because they got four lines that they can roll with. 
and Edmonton just didn't have the four lines to compete with at any time. And they had to double shift um, Drysaddle and McDavid, which I think had a fantastic playoffs because they scored 50%, more than 50% of the goals in this round alone. Um, the only thing I think is that Kane and um, Eugene Hopkins and, and Hyman, I'm just, this is just my opinion. Compared to how they played last year's playoffs, I think they all were nursing injuries, um, one one or another, because they didn't look the same at times. Um, some games they looked very explosive, but not consistent enough, and I think that really hurt them in the long run because we didn't get that additional scoring. But I think the positive out of this round, I think that people have to remember is that Heim, I mean uh, Derek Ryan, Ogle, and um, Ryan McLeod. Uh, Ryan McLeod, we're the, we're, we're the best line. Yeah, I thought they were the best line in the whole playoffs. But thank you, guys, and uh, have a great summer. Thanks, Jerry. Yeah, I, I, I mean, again, and I don't think we're we're bl- blaming it entirely on Skinner. No, nope. but nope. The, the numbers don't lie. He was not as good as the the regular season and and facing top caliber competition the other night. Yeah, and I, I mean, sure, um, Hyman, three goals, Kane, three goals. Uh, Nugent Hopkins one goal that's seven goals combined in 12 games I mean I think you would have hoped those guys you know combined would average a goal a game the, yeah. the three of them probably well especially where they're playing in the lineup they're yeah. playing with Connor or Leon uh, I don't think uh, I mean Hyman I do believe was compromised uh, he certainly looked like he was hurt when he got drilled in I don't even know what game it was now uh, Kane uh, I don't know if he was ever fully back to 100 percent after that? missing all that time, and then he got hurt again. For Kane from yes. the injury, yep. yeah, from the wrist, and then remember he got hurt again. So yeah, uh, Nuge possibly too. Uh, I mean, it was quieter from him offensively. Yeah, but uh, probably a lot of guys too are banged up. I mean, I, I know that is it's it, it's a factor, but if you start going down the road of Injuries. Well, every I mean, every know. team will have it. And yeah. the Carolina Hurricanes are missing three of their best players. Three of their best wingers are out of the lineup, yet they found a way to win. Uh, this, it, it, it's disappointing. The Edmonton Oilers players are disappointed with the way this season ended. Michael is not disappointed. Well, he probably is if he's an Oilers fan, but we'll brighten his night a little bit. Uh, Michael gets a $50 River Cree Resort and Casino gift card. I set the line at 900 for Skinner's save percentage tonight. It was 765 Set the line presented by River Cree Resort and Casino. Excitement. Bet on it. We have Ryan on the Certainty Hotline. Good morning, Ryan. Go ahead. Gentlemen, <laughs> very, very hard to take. However, the question I got for you, Rob, is mm-hmm. the culture that has been developed under Mr. Holland, as a player, as a former player, Mm-hmm. It's, we've been seeing parts of it grow and grow over the last three years. But I'm telling you, it still looks good. We're seeing players rewarded. We're seeing uh, the coach, Mr. Woodcroft, and the rest of them do what they got to do. And I'm, I'm saying I really believe the Oilers are going to be 48-51 wins next year. What's your thoughts? I, I agree. I think that Ken, Ken Holland built a very good hockey club. I, I said this before the playoffs, and I say it tonight. I, they they had a, a team that's good enough to win the Stanley Cup. Uh, they they made some great moves at the deadline. I thought Ken Holland did some fantastic things managing 
the salary cap to be able to acquire both Bukestad and Ekholm. Uh, he made a nice little trade getting Costin partway through the season. Uh, this, the bringing in the, the Hymans, getting Kane. He's built a good hockey club, and I do believe they have a good culture. I think the leadership group here, uh, they have one goal in mind, and that's to win a Stanley Cup, and their work ethic both on and off the ice uh, as leaders uh, is something that you are excited about as a, as a GM, as a coach, and as a fan. So I, I, there may be some tweaks over the course of the off season, but I do believe that the, the GM has done a good job, the coach has done a good job, the majority of the players will be back, and that the future is still good for the others. It's disappointing right now, 100%. Yeah, absolutely. Only one team wins the Stanley Cup. Everyone else is trying to figure out what went wrong. And the Edmonton Oilers are going to have a long summer trying to figure it out. But I do believe that Ken Holland has built a good team. And a, a lot of teams are, are good, and a lot of teams are close. Yeah. And you look at Vegas... You go back since they've joined the now they have not won a Stanley Cup, but who's been better in the in the Western Conference? First year in the league, lost in the Stanley Cup final. Second year, lost in the first round. Third year in the league, lost in the third round. Fourth year in the league, lost in the third round. Last year, missed the playoffs. This year, at least to the third round again. Todd McClellan, after the series, says, we improved. So did Edmonton. Edmonton beat us again. We're in the same division as Edmonton. He wasn't even talking about Vegas no. <laughs> or Seattle. Yep. or Calgary trying to get better, or Vancouver, whoever, trying trying to get better. So, And I'm not trying to excuse the Oilers losing nope. because the goal should be a Stanley Cup with the, with some of the high-caliber players. 100%. Absolutely. I, the goal should be the Stanley Cup, and this is uh, this is disappointing. They didn't go as far as I, I thought they would. Um, but that that's the thing, right? There's going to be 15 at some point in the playoffs. Well, there's there've already <laughs> been, what, 10 or 11. I mean... But at the end of the playoffs, there's going to be 15 post-game shows like ours saying, how come we couldn't do it? Well, how it, do we get better? How about, and then six or seven teams that almost made the playoffs that are saying, well, how do we, we get, better? get in? Well, in, in this year, I, I, my final four teams for the, the finals, I had Edmonton, Colorado, the Rangers, and Boston. Those are the four teams I thought would be in the final four, all gone. And the disappointment, Boston had the best season in the history of hockey. They lose in the first round. The Rangers went out and got Kane. They went out and got Tarasenko. They built themselves for this year. Couldn't get by a New Jersey team. And then Colorado, the defending Stanley Cup champions. Well, they ran into some off-ice issues, and they ran into some injuries, but again, got beat by a, an expansion team who had a 60-point or a 40-point improvement on the season this year with Seattle. So it shows you how tough this league is and how hard it is to move on. And... The disappointment, I go back to listening to Leon Dreisettle talk. The disappointment in his voice shows you how much this season meant to these guys. Vegas wins tonight 5-2. They take the series in six. Uh, we have Justin standing by. Justin, you're on with Robin Reed. Go ahead. Last year in the playoffs, the gaps in the owner's defense was notable, noticeable, mainly with the forwards missing assignments on the third or fourth man in. On the offensive rush or the D leaving the weak side open, pucks were getting through like nice through hot butter. This year, there was significant improvement in that area on the offensive rush, and the issue was the coverage down near the paint. I'd argue that the Oilers are closer to winning the Cup this year, but ran into a harder team in the second round last year versus last year, which were the Flames. I think you can expect to have your top offensive players to have droughts. Two goals should be enough from your third or 
fourth line to win a game. Woody's done, you know, a great job picking off those issues one at a time, and it's still a work in progress. Once you get those def- defensive details covered, then your offensive player can have those one or two game drafts, and you can rely on the depth scoring to win a game. Also, the Cam- Campbell and Skinner tandem will only get stronger next year, and Broberg should come into his game. Kane will be past his bankruptcy and injury issues, and he's still waiting for a ruling from the judge of California, which no doubt impacted his game plus any numbness. I'm sure they don't need to change much in the offseason. Well, that's a pretty Justin, good did you, synopsis. Did you write that out? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wrote. Uh, I knew I was going to remember it all. Well, that was very good. That, that was, was very good. good. That was a fair summary. Well, all right, everyone, we can go home. Yeah. We've got it all done now. <laughs> oh, thanks, Justin. We, we appreciate it. Thanks for yeah. staying up and giving us a call. Yeah, I mean, that's that's and, and, and again, we're when we bring up a player, we're not blaming that player for oh, everything. No, no. But even. Uh, DeHarnay, who works his butt off, and is a great story. Well, did Vegas have a player, a player in their decor who was a call-up halfway through the season? You know, like it, again, little margins, right? Like little experience of DeHarnay will learn from it. Vegas had a much more experienced defense, right? And that's what I'm saying. Yes. So I'm not saying, oh, they lost because of Vinny. I'm just saying, well, you look at how the teams were put together as well. There's, there's another small little little thing right that you'd give vegas a little check 100 percent over six or seven games sometimes that's the difference well what was it someone said that hutton that came in the other night his yeah he's an older older player yeah the, he, was, he says more experience than he's a seventh defense or, or broberg or so but the the experience that these players got this year is going to make them better next year uh, again as as much as people are disappointed and, and we had some callers talk about you know the the oilers fell asleep or, or they didn't get a shot or stuff like that that's because the other team was doing something right. And Vegas did a lot of right in this series. And I, I know that we had a caller, I think it was after game four, that said that there was not a chance that Vegas would win another hockey game. And we tried to explain that Vegas is very good. That was after game two. Was it after game two? Okay. And I'm like, Vegas is good. Like they they had more points in the regular season for a reason. And we saw it's a. a, I know that Bob referenced it too. This is a team that's built for today, and they got an older team. And is this their last crack for some of these guys that have been there since the beginning with the Vegas Golden Knights? Uh, Did they was the urgency more because they know that. This might be a last crack. Uh, who knows? But they were very good in this series. And any time there was a moment that needed to change a game, to swing a game, seems that Vegas was just a little bit better in that moment. Yeah. Well, I, I thought Justin made a good point, too. I mean, it's not always fair to compare season to season. But Vegas is slash was better than Calgary last year, or at least how Calgary played against Edmonton. Oh, 100%. Yeah, so. Vegas could go on and win the Stanley Cup. I mean, I don't know who they're playing the next year, and I'm, I don't know, and are we allowed to hope for a team? I'm cheering for well, Seattle. you can do whatever you want. I'm cheering for Seattle. I think it'd be kind of cool to see this Seattle crack and move on to the Final Four. And my old teammate, Dave Haxtell, is the coach Oh, that's there. right. Yeah, and my old teammate, he has yeah, a great coach, and my old teammate, Ronnie Francis, is the oh, GM. Yeah. So it's a, it's a good team and a good story. We have Lee calling in as well. Hi, Lee. Go ahead. Anyway, I want to compliment you guys. You guys do a great, awesome job. Thank you very much. Okay, but, okay. I'm a diehard Zoller fan. I, I, I've loved them since the WHA. Dave Semenko is my favorite player. So I'll never stop cheering for them. But you know what? 
this year is tough to take. Last year was tough to take, but yeah, this year at all. So let me, I want to ask you a question then as a fan, because uh, Rob's done, what, 17 years now? This is my 17th year, yeah. I've done 10. So you did all 10 years of the decade, decade of darkness. Yes, I did. You did the last few together. What, what, what's tough, what was tougher, Lee? Seeing them well, miss the playoffs year after year or see them have a good team that is out in round well, after three Holland round made two. The, after Holland made those moves, I thought we had the team. We had yeah. I, I don't I thought I figured, okay, we got it. Uh he made the right moves back home, Bukestad. And then yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it just, it's just it's, you know what? It's heartbreaking and it's just sad. I don't know. I love well, the team. I'll never, stop, I'll never stop cheering for them. They're my team. Well, I, I think the biggest thing for fans right now is in the decade of darkness, by October, November, it was like, ah, we're no good this year. Where here, it just suddenly, bam, it, it's done. I, I, I swear, with three minutes to go in the hockey game today, the Oilers down two, I thought they were going to come back and tie it. I really did. So it's just this sudden end to a season that had so much promise. I think that's the hard part for fans right now is the expectations. When the Oilers weren't very good, you were just hoping well, for a playoff spot or at least in a meaningful well, game that, yeah. in March. Here, I, I, with the trades they made, the way they played down the stretch, I mean, the, having Stanley Cup aspirations for fans was certainly um, foreseeable because they were that good down the stretch and that's why I think the the end came much too soon for a lot of fans because this was a team that was good enough to win a Stanley Cup and unfortunately are, are two series short of their goal. Okay, let's go back down to the dressing room. Here's defenseman Darnell Nurse. Obviously disappointing Darnell, just where did you think it kind of went wrong here in this series? Um, <clears throat> oh, we just weren't uh, consistent enough. Oh, I think uh, you give them chances they're gonna make you pay kind of play the fire a little bit getting behind um in the series and then uh you know they they uh found a way to finish their chances tonight and we couldn't what about the second period just the fact that you had a rough second yeah um they scored uh felt like in, in succession there in the, in the second and, uh, ended up being a difference you guys had, you know, great control of your game coming down the stretch, and, and we're playing really, really strong hockey on a lot of nights. Was it just that the caliber went up here in the playoffs a bit, and it was just tougher, or why do you think maybe you didn't have access to that high-end game as much? I don't know. I think you know you have to go back and watch it when um, we had the team that was capable of uh, of more, and it sucks. I don't know. Obviously, a disappointing lose. I know it's super fresh, but you look at kind of your team and where this plays to that. This one sting even more just because you felt like, you know, there was a real opportunity and maybe wasted now. I mean, every year, the older you get, the it stings more. So, yeah, sucks. Did you get enough? When you were coming down the stretch, you were getting production from every line, from lots of different players. That stopped these last three games. Did Was it injury? Was it just did not enough guys bring it every night? What happens? Um, I know, every single person in this room went out there and prepared, tried to give everything that uh, they had, and we weren't able to, you know, produce at the same level five on five. Um, as Vegas was, and that comes down to 
each and every guy. You know, um, you know we, we did produce a lot in the, in the regular season, and uh, we're a really good five-on-five -five team. And um, I think on uh, a team and personal level, we could have uh, been better and makes it stings now. All right, that's Darnell Nurse after the Oilers are limited in six games by Vegas. There was one question in the, in the beginning about the second period, and that is worth pointing out. So Vegas beat the Jets in five. Yep. Oilers in six. That's 11 playoff games. They've outscored their opponents 19-5 in the playoffs. That's a 14-goal difference in that period over over 11 games. 9-2 uh, against Edmonton, 10-3 against the Jets. That is unbelievable. And what we saw in the last two games, that was the game. Both games, they trailed going into the second period, and both games they went into the third period with a multiple-goal lead. Uh, adjustments that they made between periods, obviously huge. But the, the biggest thing, and it was to me it was the key to the game, and I talked about it with you, I talked about it with Bob. When the Oilers were going to get the lead, and I, I had a feeling, I said before the game, they're going to have a lead at some point. They've got to extend the lead. Yeah. And when they were up 2-1 in the first period, they had multiple chances. They had a lot of great looks. They weren't able to stretch that lead. And for Vegas, they survived the first. Going into the second, they were within one goal. And I said that is going to be a problem for the Edmonton Oilers yep. because eventually the opposition team has its run. So the Edmonton Oilers, when it had its runs in the first two periods of the last two games, the period one in both games, they weren't able to extend leads, and it allowed the Vegas Golden Knights to hang around. And as you said, the Vegas Golden Knights, when they hang around in the second period, that's where they turn games in their favor. Well, and here's what's interesting. And this Oilers team earlier this season and also last season when Dave Tippett was coaching – had extended stretches where they rarely scored first in a game. Yep. It wasn't like, oh, six out of 10. <laughs> okay, it was like, I think last year it was you know 18 out of 21. There was a stretch this year. They were always falling behind far too often. By multiple goals too. So in this series, they scored first in the first five games. And then in this game tonight, despite getting scored on in the first minute, they led by a goal two minutes and 43 seconds into the game. And they so lost most four. Of the, and, they, and they lost four. The, so, the, so they... So my point is they, they scored first five times, and then tonight, even though they didn't score first, they still had an early lead and, and weren't able to, and like you said, lost four of the six games. In the two games that they won, they extended those leads in the first period and had big leads, and the games were over. Uh, and the games they lost, which was the other four, they were not able to extend the lead. They allowed Vegas to hang around. Vegas did a very good job of surviving when the Edmonton Oilers had their push, uh, whether it's through good saves good defensive zone coverage, some luck, some breaks, but they, they hung around and a Vegas team, and I, know, I think Bob talked about it before the game, or Jack, one of the two, talked about the fact that Vegas more or less said, okay, you're going to get three, so we're going to get four, and they found ways to get four yep. goals in these victories, and tonight again, they found ways to put the puck in the net, and guys that had been cold for them early in the playoffs woke up in this series. Marcia Show and, and Riley Smith are two of those guys that scored big goals yeah. for the Vegas well, Golden and Knights. They're a good team. And like, you know, Bob gave the stats before the, the, the series. A lot of the key areas, they weren't top 10, but they weren't bottom 10. Yes. And, and that's what I would say about Vegas. They have a good team. Um, Stoff called their management team relentless. I would say they have a lot of relentless players yep. as well. And... The, you, you might not look at any one area of the Vegas team and say they're excellent, but you'd certainly say they're very good. 
or like like their weakest area might still say, well, they're above average. Well, their their team, their lines up front. Jack Eichel is a star in this league. He's on one line. Mark Stone is a star in this league. He's on another line. William Carlson might be their best defensive forward that can still that's had 40 goals in the seat in this league. He's on a third different line. So they have th they've got star players on three different lines. That's how deep they are. And I think at times, well, we saw it tonight. The others had to really shorten their bench to be able to mm -hmm. throw out a consistent effort uh, offensively where Vegas just continued to roll four lines. They have a, a style of play that they stayed within the entire series. Yeah, yeah and, and I thought that if it opened up, I, I thought the Oilers might be able to exploit their, you know, four, five, six defensemen more than they did. The, yep. Those guys were, were better than I thought. Oh, 100%. Well, yep. their seventh defenseman came in and was excellent in the game for when Peter Angelo was out. Hutton played very well. This team, I have a much better appreciation of Vegas now after seeing them play six games. They're a much better team than I thought they were. All right, we got Ryan as well. Hi, Ryan. Thanks for calling. Hey, fellas. How are you? Good. Uh, thanks for having me on. You guys put on a great show, and it's been a great season. Um, uh, I'm a huge fan as well, and, and uh, this is certainly heartbreaking. But, um, yeah, there's lots to be proud of. Um, one of the things I noticed, um, uh, and, yeah, lots to be proud of. It's just, it's just, hard, to, it's just hard at the moment, and I, I really feel for those guys. Anyways, uh, one of the things I noticed was, it just seemed like when when they're hemorrhaging goals or going through their their lulls, which is I, I guess you know it's it's natural. You're going to happen. You can't have you can't have uh, foot on the gas all the time. But it just seemed like they were lacking some of that win the next shift mentality. And I, one of the things I I'd like to get your perspective on is as well it seemed like they're holding the holding on to the puck for too long especially in their own zone and they really let las vegas establish that that four check and get good position on them and um one of the things i think they can take away from the way las vegas and, and even los angeles played was just how fast those two teams move the puck like it just seemed like when they were clicking it wasn't on their stick for any more than half a second and and they were passing it to somebody else and it just forced everybody to move their feet and and uh kept the defense on their toes right yeah i mean good points uh i i think vegas is good uh, they move the puck well i think that they took a different uh, tactic against the Oilers and LA did. They they decided they were going to play offense. LA was all defense and hoped to hope to win a game 2-1 or hope to to get a bounce or a break and and then try to guide a game home. Vegas was all out. They sold out on the forecheck. I mean, and, and they did so and at times gave up odd man rushes going the other way with a two-goal lead in the third period. Vegas gave up a couple of grade A scoring chances early because they sold out offensively and they sold out on the forecheck. Having said that, they did it consistently. And they may have given up a chance or two going one way, but it created a number of chances for themselves. Um, they understood what their strengths were and they played to them. I think at times, Todd McClellan had his team play away from their strengths. I think they have some speedy players that were forced to play a neutral zone trap and got them out of their, 
their what what they could accomplish whereas vegas well we're fast we like the forecheck we guys that score we're not going to trap it up we're going to we're going to try to force the issue and i think uh, to beat the Oilers, you got to be able to outscore the Oilers, and the Vegas Golden Knights were capable of doing that. Yeah, 5-2 of the final tonight. Vegas wins the series. Four games to do. We'll get to a couple more of your phone calls, and you'll also hear from Stuart Skinner. This is Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. All right, Oilers are out. 5-2 loss to the Golden Knights. Golden Knights win the series in six games. So the Oilers, after going to the conference final last year, don't make it as far. This year, Rob and I are just watching a video of Dreisaitl and was at Bugstad as well, doing yeah. some fake uh, slashes towards Petrangelo. I didn't see the Leon one during the game. I saw the Bugstad one, where he, in right in front of the net after a whistle, put his stick over his head, pretending to come down, and then yapped at uh, Peter Angelo. And then Martinez came in, pushed Bugstad, and just about knocked the referee flying. So uh, there was a lot of gamesmanship in the game, and there was not a cordial handshake after the game between Leon and Peter Angelo. And don't blame him as Leon uh, probably still a little bitter with the way that Peter Angelo two-handed him and only had to serve one game for it. Both teams, uh, or pardon me, uh, Edmonton 0 for 1 on the power play. Vegas 0 for 2. Both teams took two minor penalties, but the way that sequence played out, uh, well, that was, that's how the power plays broke down. That was so weird because the, both teams were so disciplined, so disciplined, nothing being called, nothing being called, and all of a sudden four penalties in a matter of two minutes. Well, the, the, the Carrier hold was a, a, a soft call. Uh, I, I it was thought. a soft call, but a, a dumb call. I mean, for I mean, for Carrier, I mean, why even do it? Why even give the referee to make a, a chance? You've been playing, your team's playing well and everything, and then you grab the, the arm of CeCe. Uh, the Echo one was an easy one. Yeah, that was an easy call, and I know that Combe wasn't happy. But I mean, you're a six foot five man, 220 pounds, and you hit a guy from behind like that, you're gonna put him down. Uh, the one though that I didn't see enough replays of it. Ekholm was cut yep. in the game. Uh, the Vegas player was trying to flip the puck out. His stick came up and clipped Ekholm. Ekholm went down yep. and was down for about five six seconds. And when he came up, he was he was bleeding. I watched the referee, and the referee was making a motion with his hands where he was saying the stick came up on the follow-through. He came up on the follow-through. That's why it wasn't called. I haven't seen enough good vi video to, to, to really give an honest assessment of it, but if it wasn't a follow-through, if it was, it was that's a four-minute penalty, and in reality, that's... One goal for sure, possibly two. But I haven't seen, and I know that the Oilers did not complain about it much, but. Yeah, we're just watching it now. No, he yeah, did. I mean, it's. He did follow, yeah, it was it, a follow it, through. And I think the thing is there, it's, as we often talk about, there's there's poor rule enforcement, and then there are poor, poor rules. rules. And that's one thing maybe you could change. I mean, I know sometimes players have a big wind up, but does that mean. You're allowed the player to should get hit a guy in the head. Stick in the eye or something like no, that. No, you're right. I mean, yeah. I, I can see where the ref said it was a follow-through and, a, and a, a flip out, and it was. But why does that not have to be your sticking control 
where it has to be in control all the other times. Yeah. Well, Why do you get a freebie? Uh, Fogel high, st high stuck a guy last game when he was stick handling. Yeah. So should that be uh, allowed? I mean, it's it, again, I, I think they enforce them the way the rule is written. Yep. But so that looked like the right call. Just you're right, a bad rule. Okay. A couple more calls here. We got Colin. Hi, Colin. Go ahead. Hey, how's it going? Good. Uh, I'm just thinking about this uh, goaltending issue tonight, and, and uh, um, I, I see that uh, he. Um, goodbye. Okay. <laughs> well, that was. That is a call. That's going into our Hall of Fame. That's going that's, into our. That's what you expect yep. at 1 a.m. <laughs> well, if he wanted to be on, he was on. Might have lost his train of thought there. Might have lost it. He was on yeah, for, a whole, have, for a while. He maybe bet somebody, said, hey, I bet you I can get 30 words. And he <laughs> probably about what he got, and then he's, then he's done. We, we also have uh, Jamie on the show. Hello, Jamie. Hey, guys. That's a little more time for me, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. You get, you get call. It's time. <laughs> hey, listen, uh, it's a downer night tonight, but, uh, you know, one thing I'm a little uh, – upset about or uh confused about was i, I found that our team um uh, once woody uh changed the lines in game four against la and he demoted yamamoto to the bottom pair moved that up to the second line i, I found that it, it, everything changed and we did that for for about three games or so it looked like more of a complete playoff team and then he went back uh you know um Yama got that lucky goal to win that game, and was happy for the kid. But uh, I'm just, I'm just frustrated. Where I watch a game like tonight, and you see the times where a guy like Costin plays three minutes and Bukestad plays seven minutes, you know, and you got a kid like Yamamoto playing more than Connor in the first period. Uh, I just think some of the decision making. Um, it just really frustrated me this season. And, uh, you know, Yama's a regular season player. I get it. The kid works hard. He's small. He's kind of like the team mascot. But uh, I just a huge mistake to me this playoff was playing him as much as he did. And I, I, I'm sorry. I know it's not one guy, you know, to pick on one player. But uh, to well, me, I don't, think like, I don't think you're picking on the player. I think you're, you're questioning the coach, which is fine. Um I think the, the okay. There's a lot there that that uh, that Jamie said, and that's that's a fair call. Yamamoto works hard. There's no doubt yep, about that. 100%. There's a lot of chances, not just this year, the last three years that aren't finished, and sometimes playing with with good players. Then there's the cost and ice time issue, which is something that ha we have discussed. Yeah. Well, we just talked about it last game. Because we've seen Costin make massive impacts in some games. Yep. So, is it the chicken or the egg? Is, is he not an impacting a game because his ice time was cut? Or is his ice time cut because Woody said early on, I don't think you're impacting the game? Well, well I, I think with Costin, I, 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 I think it's a trust issue um, when he's in, in different, wh whether it's defensive zone or turning the puck over. Uh, I, I don't think he f when you're on a third or fourth line the coaching staff has to have 100% trust that you're going to make the right decision 100% of the time and I don't think they have that with Costin yet I think they've shown Costin's shown he's got the ability 
to change a game with a big goal. He's got a good shot. He had a great shot at one point tonight and one of the few shifts that he had or with a big hit or with a fight. But I think they just, they're not sure he will do the right thing 100% of the time like a Derek Ryan will, like Warren Fogle started doing. Yeah. So Bukestad, I was surprised I at Bukestad's. Because really Bukestad's had some this. really yeah. nice moments in this in this playoff run. And... And, and I, again, I looked at the time when we got up here, and I'm like, seven minutes. Seven and I'm like, minutes for Bukestad, that's really low. That's really low because he has been effective, yeah. and he has scored some big yeah. goals since he's come over in, in, in the trade. So, yes, I was really surprised by by that. Um, Costin also missed the morning skate. So there could so be. Was there, there, there is was something. There an issue? There's obviously something. Yeah, there's because there, if Connor or Leon missed the morning skate, it's maintenance because they're resting them. If Costin does, there's... Yeah. There's other issues, so that could certainly be it. But Nick Bustag, I'm shocked that his ice time was cut to seven minutes in tonight's game. Yeah, yeah, and Mark only played 618. But he, would, got, he got a couple shifts in the top six, though. He did. As the game went on. So so, so that's not an injury there. So I was a little uh, – this is where Vegas, they, they rolled four lines, and the Edmonton Oilers didn't. They, they ran their horses, the ones that have got them yeah. there. Well, and again, again, this is, goes back to our overall theme of – how difficult it is and, and the Oilers are deeper yeah but now what are they going to look for well still need a better third line probably or somewhere or bo bottom six like bottom six yeah I mean I, a lot of coaches divide up just top six and bottom six because on any given night lines three or four could be inter interchangeable well actually Vegas doesn't they've top nine and bottom three yeah that's a good point <laughs> but but you know but yeah gener you're generally right. but so yeah I mean that's what the Oilers were I mean what did you need in this series well an extra goal or two or 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 one less goal against okay get out of the second period i mean that's that's the that's kind of the sad part now tonight hill just was and, and again i get a credit because i no i did say i thought hill was maybe better than lb you did say that you said the that series. the injury might have hurt the oilers but i still thought you, you could get to hill they didn't uh aiden hill and i know that marshall had a, a natural hat trick tonight but to me, the, they won this game I because of Aiden Hill. Oh, 100%. Well, when you started doing the stars and you gave Hill number two, I'm like, who the heck was better than Hill? Then, all right, Marshall, I guess uh, now tried to. But Hill in that third period, that's as good as a goalie has played against the Oilers in a long, long time. And they, the Oilers had ample opportunities in that third period to tie this game. Yep. They played that well. Well, the, t the save on Kane and the save on Eckholm. And they were those early. Are those are both in the first half of the yep. third. They could have changed. Either one goes in. All of a sudden, the Edmonton Oilers are one goal, and the the sticks tighten for the Vegas Golden Knights if all of a sudden the Oilers get one goal because that place would have been rocking in there. Okay. It is a 5-2 win for the Golden Knights. Uh, Rob, I'm going to let you go here. We for the, Hey, man, like I, I love working with you. Ten years. I, I hope there are, are many, many more, and not to be too... Uh, sappy but you're not just the guy i work with i mean you've become a friend over the years and i still learn tons about the game by watching with you and working with you so thank you well i appreciate it it is a ton of fun it's fun coming to work it's always nice when you have a job you enjoy doing and i love coming to do this let's just hope that next year we're doing a little bit longer into june all right rob now has to hitchhike back to st albert <laughs> i'm walking tonight trying oh, to get, gets, i got my, my apple watch on i want to get my steps in good night everybody good night edmonton have a wonderful summer that is uh, rob brown as we now hear from oilers goaltender Stuart skinner you know uh, i know this has to be a tough moment and a, a disappointing night Stu. just maybe take us through a little bit about what you saw in the game and, and how you think it went 
Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's uh, hard to say um, right now. I don't really have a clear mind, but um, hard to lose, obviously. Um, we, yeah, I thought the guys played really hard. Um, again, I think I needed to be better. Um, I mean, I got pulled countless times, so uh, it's hard to take this one on the chin, for sure. The third goal is off your shoulder. What kind of, can you take us through that one, what happened? Yeah, um, you know, I worked really hard to get in position, uh, got a lot of depth, made a, a, a nice shot, but I made the save and uh, went right up. I thought it was going to go into the netting because that's kind of, I feel like that's kind of how it normally goes. and. Um, I was looking up to kind of make sure, and then it bounced right on the goal. And uh, it uh, reminded me of the goal against the day before Christmas uh, against Vancouver. And I was kind of just like, shitty bounce. Was your confidence all right? Like, you're a guy who seems to be able to shut things down and forget about stuff. Was that part of it fine? It was just kind of physical stuff? Yeah. Um, you know, I felt confident. Uh, no matter what, I, I, I feel good. I know that uh, I know how to play the game, and I've done it uh, for many years, and I've been able to rebound from a lot of goals against in, in my lifetime. Uh, I mean, if you think about it, this year I, there's one shutout I got, so every game I'm letting in a goal, right? So um, I've had a lot of practice to rebound against goals against, and um, if it's bad luck, if it's a good goal, if it's a bad goal, if it's my fault, like whatever, right? So. I've been in all those scenarios where uh, I know how to refocus and I know how to stay confident. And um, yeah, I mean, I don't think confidence was the problem for me. Gene, you had a lot of confidence, and you, you know, you said you were pulled, and then he came back, started you again. So, what did that mean to you personally? Yeah, I mean, it's it's always good when you're put back into the net. Um, you know, you get you get you know a chance for redemption, chance to bounce back. Uh, I thought I did a great job on bouncing back every game, and then. Uh, Tonight just obviously wasn't my night. Um, yeah, I mean, it, obviously it feels good to go back in the net, but my job, whenever I'm told to go into the net, my job is to stop the puck. I don't know if you can look down on this thing from 30,000 feet quite yet, but this is your first time doing this. You've never done it before, even though you've done it at the AHL and other levels. Yep. Uh, when you look back on this, are you going to be able to say that this was a necessary part of Stuart Skinner's graduation into being a... NHL goal, you got to go through your first one and, and learn what you've been learning? Yeah, um, this is obviously part of the book that, you know, one day we're all going to write. Um, this is, you know, a chapter where it stings and it sucks and it's painful. And sure, it's your first year for myself, but, um, you know, it was a year that we had a very special group and I had the chance to, you know, help this team do that. and. Um, didn't do that, but it's it's part of the part of the road. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it's hard. It's hard to really think about it right now. But um, yeah, it's part of the it's part of my story, anyways. Part of your story, part of the team story. Is this? We just asked Connor if this is part of the. You know, he said, "Good teams that win always go through this. It's hard to go through, but you got to go through it. Is this something that this team has to go through too?" Yeah, I think. Uh, I think the team's gone through it uh, enough times now. Um, I would like to think that way anyways. Um, you got to learn how to lose, obviously. Uh, you got to learn how to win as well. Um, I think we know how to do both. Um, so I think just being able to 
you know, gather ourselves here in the summer and get to work and know what we're coming back here to do. And that's to win the cup. That is Stuart Skinner as uh, he takes the loss tonight. The Oilers are eliminated 5-2 by the Golden Knights in game six. Vegas will play either Seattle or Dallas in the West Final Game 7 there coming up later today. All season long, our quick change has been presented by Jiffy Loop, keeping you moving to and from the game. Okay, well, we really appreciate everybody who tuned in to uh, Oilers Hockey throughout the season here on 630 Ched. We do love bringing you the games. Uh, big thank you, of course, to my colleague uh, Rob Brown. Love working with Rob. Jack Michaels and Cam Moon on the play-by-play. -play. Bob Stoffer our color commentator, and he has Oilers now at noon every weekday on 6.30, Chad, and also a big thank you to Brendan Escott, does uh, a lot of work behind the scenes, and he's a valuable member of our crew as well. Troy Bowler is our game day engineer, who is uh, still here, and we have a lot of laughs together. We are smirking at each other right now. <laughs> Derek Scott did an awesome job putting together all our playoff musical montages that you heard on the face-off show and on other programs on 630 Chet. Angie Quinnell, our studio producer this evening. Angie, big thanks to you and Kellen Kennedy. Worked a lot of games too. Thanks to both of you for all your technical work and for keeping things on the rails back at the control room. And also uh, thanks to two guys who are in uh, leadership positions at 630 Chet, John Voss and Andrew Murdoch for uh, all of their work as well. Well, that does it. Uh, like I said, you can still hear from Bob uh, on Oilers now. I'll be bringing you inside sports from 6 to 8. Where you got the Elks games on 6.30, Chad, Dave Campbell and Morley Scott and Brendan Escott will be bringing you those. Uh, we got a preseason game already well, a week from today, May 22nd, uh, the holiday Monday. So uh, live sports will continue here on 6.30, Chad, and we'll keep you updated on all the Oilers news too. Get more on the team and more on this game on 630Ched.com or globalnews.ca. The Oilers are out. The Golden Knights move on. Thanks for listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line.